Has anybody here ever been to the beach? Okay, I think most everybody we could say has, has been to the beach. But do you remember going to the beach as a kid? And it's on a day when the, when the... I'm getting a ring in here. Hey, I'm getting a ring in here. Do you hear it? It's probably coming out of, of this speaker right here. So, um, And, and if you go to the beach as a kid, the waves are really big. And um, the surface is, and your parents go, okay, little Seamus, little, little Seamus, okay, <gasps> little, you know, hey, okay, Willie, little, okay, Liam, Willie, okay, you, you, William, 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 uh, you, y'all go out, Caden, little Caden, hey, be careful, don't go pat, don't go up above your ankles, you know, stay, 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 and your parents are really safe, so you go out and the water and you, and you you don't you disobey your parents because your heart is 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 full of sin and it's 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 wick, wick, wicked even at that age and so you rebel and you go out deeper and you're man and they say hey now listen this is our chairs and our, our stuff when you go out just stay in front of our stuff do you understand and little shame is like little drool you know. Uh-huh. You know, but his hair, his hair looks good though, bro. You know what I'm saying? Always looks good. And so, and so they go out there and man, they are just playing, playing and just everything is going great. And they've even been playing for that long, but the surf has been fantastic. And they look up and mom and dad are gone. They have, we've been abandoned at the beach. They, it, this, was, this was their plot all along. I used to think that when I was five in kindergarten, my parents were never going to come back and pick me up. That, that was their goal. Sorry, I've got really big issues. And um, so, so they look, and they're gone, and they're like, what, where'd they go? And they're panicked, and all of a sudden they hear, little Seamus. And they look, and way to their left, and they see mom, mom and dad going, hey, we're over here. Come back over. And so they go back and get back in front. They start playing plan again. What occurs? Mom and dad leave again. Right? Right? And, and, and so, they, and so what, what's amazing is when you are in the surf like that, do you intend to move? No. Why do you move? The, the current. And do you move fast? Is it like, you know, sometimes on like a rough day and, it, and then you should not be in the surf because you could die. But or that's called a riptide and just just paddle sideways and stuff. Okay, but we we don't intend to. But we 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 slowly drift every time our feet come off the floor of the the ocean floor. Every time we come up, we drift a little bit and we come back down, subtle enough that we don't even notice that we've moved. And it doesn't take long that that that. Two feet that we've moved becomes 20 feet and becomes 80 feet and becomes a quarter mile. And it, we just, if we're there for long enough, we're going to be a mile down the beach in no, in no time. And we have not gone that way on our own ever. Do you get what I'm saying here? There, um, we're living in a time that drifting is easier and easier to do. Uh, and we're doing it more often than ever before. The, the people in the church, God's church, are, are allowing themselves. They're going, wait, but I wasn't doing anything wrong. But were you, what, were you doing what you were supposed to be doing, doing what was right? But see, we're called, and I, I preached on this two weeks ago, to fix our eyes on 
Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We're called, God says, hey, you're out in this world and it's going to pull you, but hey, stay focused on me. See the chairs, this is my step, this is where I'm at. Keep your eyes here. And as long as, as we're out there and we're in this world and we keep our eyes up there, we can stay in front, right? Have you ever done that? Where you go, man, I'm, I'm, we're doing good. Hey, y'all scoot over. We're, we're, we're getting off. And how, how do we fix our eyes on him? We get into his word. When the word is preached to us, we respond to it. We hear it and we, we act upon it. We study it. We read his word on our, our own. We, we seek him. We go, God, show me how to live right today. So, so that, that's how we, we get where we won't drift so easy. One area that we the world is, will call, cause you to drift in so many ways is, is the area of sexuality and purity. And it's getting worse. And 10 years ago, if, if um, I'm not crying, my eye itches, so I'm, I'll let you know if I'm crying now. Um, 10 years ago, if you'd asked me, hey, can, can this get a whole lot worse? I think I might have said, oh, I don't know if it'll get a whole lot worse, but it's a whole lot worse. I can turn on the TV and the things that, that, were, that used to be for the world's standard that would sort of, if they saw it in a TV show, would cause someone to blush is now on an ad for the TV show, and it's showing much more than was ever shown 10 years ago, and nobody bats an eye on it. They actually put it on there to entice you to watch this show called Scandal, or, I mean, they even use names now, and you're like... They don't even hide this stuff. I mean, it's like straight sin words in the word of God where he says, these people that do this will go to hell. And they're like, that's the great name for our show. Because, and, and it works. Why? Because that, the world it, it thirsts after this stuff. And this is the truth. If you're not fighting against it, you're drifting. Some of you in this room, you've, you've already drifted pretty far, far, and you would say, no, I, I, I haven't moved much at all. But if you really look at the standard of God's word and where you're at, you're going to be like, oh, man, that's, that's way, way over there. No, in the word of God, it, it, in what I love about the word of God, it de- de- doesn't change. God doesn't change. His truth is the same. And this is what it says in Ephesians 5, 3, but among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. God's truth, not a not a hint. Know what that means? Not a hint. Okay, just just just. First Corinthians six eighteen says, "Flee from sexual immorality." Sexual immorality is anything outside of the bonds of marriage that deals with sexuality that you do, which is against the law of God. He says, "Flee from it." Don't play with it. Don't, 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 don't step towards it. Run away from it like you're running for your life. First Thessalonians 4, 3 says, It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should be set apart. No, God wants you to be, be, be different in this world, which we so, so try to fit in and be like. God says, don't be like it. Be set apart. Be, be different. And this is that you should, how can you be set apart? Avoid sexual immorality. When the Word of God states something over and over and over, we ought to really start to take note and go, okay, how does this affect 
my life and how, and how am I, I living my life that gives God honor and glory? Am I staying in front of him or have I drifted away? <clears throat> and some say, man, and some, and, and I'll tell you this, a, young, a younger especially goes, man, I will never, I will never fall to that. I, I, I will never do that. I'm going to stay strong, and I want you to keep that mentality in your life. But understand this, it's easy to drift. It's easy to drift. When you get tired, worn down from this world, feel bad about yourself, you drift. And by doing so, the current of the world will take us to places uh, that don't honor God, one, and two, that will, will harm you in multiple ways. Uh, one thing going along this line that drives me bonkers, and y'all have heard me say this before and I'll say it again, is when a 6th or 7th or 8th grader uh, has a Facebook account, which you really shouldn't have a Facebook account, but anyways, or whatever, and you post pictures um, from your middle school dance. <laughs> You know, it's just so beautiful, and the couple, and you're looking like this. Awkward as all get out. That's what I love about them, because it just looks painful. I mean, I look at this, and I'm like, man, give me more of these, because it's just fun to laugh at. Sorry, but I love you. But this is what drives me nuts. Ninth grader, 10th grader, 11th grader, some adults, some parents go, oh. That is the cutest thing ever. Oh, this is, man, this is wonderful. Y'all are awesome. Hashtag relationship goals. I mean, you see this, am am I, you see the stupidest comment, am I right? Dude, you don't understand what a relationship is in the eighth grade. I love you and you're growing up and that's part of it. And I've been there, bro. Praise the Lord, I'm past that stage. But, uh, But you know what I'm saying? I've been there and I know it's rough and I'm not trying to, demean you, but this is what I want you to know. Don't, you don't have to grow up so fast. The faster you grow up there, the more in the world you're going to be for the rest of your life. Guaranteed, the sooner you start dating and that becoming a real part of your life, the odds that you will follow God are much, much less. And I hate that fact. I hate to say, well, that, that's what's going to, I'm not saying that will occur to you, but the odds are great that it will. And I do not want that because when I read those things and the relationship goals, I just want to put shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up because it just drives me crazy. Don't don't say oh this is wonderful. Just so dumb. No, don't put that. Um, don't put that. Just you know, I'll pray for you. You know, uh, some stuff like that'd be great. Um, so tonight we're going to be talking about biblical purity for the next four weeks. Yeah, baby. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And you're like, how? What in the world are we going to talk about? Don't worry. Everything. It'll be great. No, no, not everything. Uh, uh, praise the Lord. Uh, <clears throat> but we're going to talk about some about dating, and uh, because there is a time in your life that you need to begin to look for for who you are going to marry, and we sometimes we call it dating, but that wrecks a lot of folks. But I'm going to talk more about that not this week, but in a, f- a few weeks. Uh, and we're, we're going to talk about, about love, love, but pa- pa- pastor Dan, you understand, I, I, I love her 
And that's when you just want to go, you are so cute, you know? So we're going to talk about love. And we're going to, tonight, we've got the juicy topic. Don't get embarrassed. Sorry, guys. We've got to start with this. Self-esteem and self-worth. You're like, como say what? Right? Right? What, what we're talking about? Okay, we're talking about, because I believe that we cannot even begin to talk about purity in your life until you understand the concepts of self-esteem and self-worth. And if you can grab onto this tonight and see what God's Word says and see how it uh, affects you, man, you're going to be leaps and bounds ahead of the ballgame of where those that don't, have, don't understand this truth. So our self-esteem, I want you to know self-esteem and self-worth are not the same thing. We, we use them a lot of times as the same word, but they're not. Self-esteem is driven by the moment. Your self-esteem is um, how I'm feeling right now, like this instant. Man, I'm feeling good right now. I mean, y'all are with me. Y'all are engaged. Self-esteem, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. But in, in a, a minute, four of y'all could be asleep, and I could see that, and I could be like, oh, man, I'm just, I stink at this. I'm the worst thing ever. So self-esteem could float high and float low real quick. Now, imagine you're like, I need somebody. I'm going to have to use y'all. You, all, all you've got to do is stand and be able to be expressive, but you don't make a sound. Who, who can, I need someone who can express ultimate joy. Who can express it? All right, Bianca, right over here. Who can, ex- I need someone to express poopy face down in the dumps. Poopy face down in the dumps. Okay, camera, you're over here. You're over here. All right, now, now. Hold, hold, hold this end. You hold that end. Oh, you might need to come closer, but pull it tight. All right. Now, I want you to see something here, uh, and let me make sure I get it. Now, Facebook stat- status. Now, this is ultimate joy. You better smile the whole time, big time. You are frowning, man. You're ticked at the world. You're mad. Matter. Matter. He looks like he wants to take my food, which that's a threat. That's a threat. Give me something. Okay, that's good. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm getting a little scared. Okay, so this is how we feel on Facebook, sometimes every three and a half minutes. Best day ever. Two minutes pass. My life is the worst. I don't even want to breathe right now, right? I mean, two minutes, it can swing this, that high and that low, and you're like, they're smoking something. You've got to be, right? Do you understand? Have you ever felt that that way before where everything is going just right and then everything goes wrong? So this is like life and this is like self-esteem. Okay, so how does it affect us? Self-esteem, y'all doing a great job. Just keep this up. It affects our mood and how, how, we, um, how we feel or how we act in that minute or that hour. Self-esteem affects the, the way that we Talk to those around us when we go out to eat, how we greet those that serve us. Self-esteem will affect all that stuff. Uh, it, it, it affects our relationship with our parents, whether good or bad, whether we blame them or, what, or what, with, whether we thank them for how they're trying to look out for us or they're trying to see all the fun in my life. I used to think that too. I used to think my parents just want, don't want me to have fun, man. They don't understand. I get it. When you're 21, all of a sudden your parents are going to take some pills and they're going to get really smart. It's crazy, but it happens to most parents. All, anyways, uh, let me move on. Um, self-esteem can affect what, what we eat, right, or don't eat, right? Dude, when I'm having a bad day, 
give me a bag of nacho cheese Doritos, baby. You know what I'm saying? All day long, yeah, I'm with you. I'll be like, if I eat them fast enough, the calories don't count, right? Or it only counts like a third if you eat it quick enough. So it affects that. Um, Self-esteem, whether we're having a good day or a bad day, affects if we're going to seek after God or we're just going to keep living for the world. Self-esteem does this, this, this in us. It, it affects who we date, it affects why we date, and it affects what we do when we date. Okay? Self-esteem is a dangerous thing. It can affect if we are a bully or if we are bullied, our self-esteem can draw that in. Someone who is really low on themselves, can, can, a bully will be drawn to them. And understand, a bully is someone with a low self-esteem because they would not bully if they had a, a high self-esteem. Uh, they, 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 have a, they, they bully so they can stand on you and feel a little bit better about themselves. But their self-esteem is actually very low. So whenever I deal with a bully now, first thing I say is, man, I sort of pity you which sort of crushes them because they don't know how to respond to that because their self-esteem is just not there. Self-esteem can affect us in a, a lot of, of ways. Um, so they, they think self-esteem. So, so, so understand uh, who you date or who you, um, who you, you marry. Well, let me explain this. I've got a yo-yo here. Huh? This is a yo-yo. I could do it, but I don't want to show off and break somebody's face. Okay? So understand, this is where you are. Because, see, some days we wake up and we're feeling really good, right? And we're sort of up here. And our self-esteem for the day can float between this side and that side. But sometimes, you know, the the day can go bad. And all of a sudden, our self-esteem is going here. And what moves our self-esteem guide is our self-worth. Okay, now, what's our self-worth? We base our self-worth on quite a few things. One of the things is how the world says we look. If we look good enough and we look great, man, the world says, man, you, you are of great worth. And our self-esteem will sort of flow up here, and it's going to stay up here for a while. But let me let you know something. There's going to be a time when your look is not the right look, and you're going to move right, right here. And your highs won't be as high as they used to be, and your lows will be lower than they were. Do you understand? Now, uh, they may rate your talent, whether you can act or, what, or whether you can play a sport great. If you're great at that sport, they'll put your worth. I won't hit you in the head. They'll put your worth up here. But when you lose some of that skill, when someone gets better than you, and they will, time will tell, but they will, you're going to scoot back down here. And your highs won't be as high, and your lows will be much lower. It does the same thing with uh, how the world applauds or mocks your intellect, how smart they think you are. If they think think you're real smart, your self-worth is is put right here. If they don't think you're real smart, your self-worth is set right here. Those can change and float, but they don't always stay. They, 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 They sort of move. Who, who, who we date um, can set where our self-worth. We can put our self-worth in who, who we date, who, who we're going out with, the, the status that it gives us. And in truth, it's beyond that. I want you all to understand that who you marry can become a, a full sense of self-worth. And I love my wife to death, and she is the greatest woman that I know. 
but she's not perfect. And there are times, there are times when she has let me down. And if my self-worth is based on my wife, it's going to scoot down to here. And I know when I let her down, it starts here and it goes to here. Okay? So so it's it's what we base our self-worth. And I want you to, to notice all these things are of the world and they float. They float and they're not steady. But this is what I want you to get tonight. You see, for Christians, our self-worth is not based on who we are. It's based on who God is. My self-worth, if my self-worth is based on who God is, my self-esteem is still going to move. But if I keep, keep it fixed on who God is and what God thinks of me, it's going to stay right here. God doesn't change. My goal for you tonight is to see, huh, if I find my self-worth in Christ and in God, I'm going to be much better off. Even on low days, there's still going to be good days because God's a part of it. Are, are you with me? Yeah? All right. That's a great job. Y'all, 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 y'all can put that down. A tug of war. A winner. I win. <laughs> okay. Now, in order to follow or... or, or to gain anything out of the rest of what I'm going to speak tonight as we get into the Word, you've got to believe two things. You've got to believe, one, that God is real. I have no doubt in my life that God is real. If you look at a sunset, if you look at the way the human body is made, if you look at a, a, an eclipse like we had one on August 21st of last year where the, the, the sun uh, and the moon were in perfect alignment, and they look like they're the exact same size. That's just chance. With it, everything else being chance, you really have got to smoke something to believe that. There's much more faith to believe there's no God than there's to believe in God. Just look around. So you've got to believe in God, and you've got to believe that His Word is true. If you, I'm, We're going to read the Word of God tonight. If you don't believe His Word is true, you're, you're probably not going to gain a whole lot from tonight. But this is what I want you get if you do believe in God and if you do believe his word is true what we read and what he says about you I want you to take it in if you're like my wife and who is fantastic I can compliment her all day long and she fights to take it she won't take it very often I've got to finally go babe you're beautiful you're like the best mom you're you're doing a great job and I've got to about scream in order for her to finally take the compliment. And I want you tonight, my, my greatest hope is that you take the comp, comp, compliment tonight. And it's not what I say on how great you are because I don't think you're that great most of the time. I love you. Um, no, no, I'm just kidding, sort of, for some of you. Um, I want you to see how great God, God says that you are. So we're going to be in the book of Psalms. Chapter 139. And as you turn there, we're going to um, just give you a minute to, to get there. Um, and I want you to, we're going to read verses 13 through 18. And I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we read this together. And we stand in honor of God's word. We won't stand when we read all of the rest of the, of the verses, but we're going to stand with this one just to remember how important this stuff is. This is what it says. It says, for you form my inward parts. You knitted me together in my, my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful 
are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there, were, there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I could count them, they are more than or would outnumber the grains of sand. I awake and I am still with you. Dear God, I thank you for your word. Uh, and Lord, just use it to speak to us tonight. For it's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody sit down. First point I want you to get tonight. Why, do we, how, why is it important to base our self-worth on God? And, and, and what, what is it if we are going to base it on God and what God thinks of us? This is what it says. Point number one, God created you with a plan and a purpose. You who are here that are totally insecure about the way that you look or the way that you talk, I understand I'm with you, uh, about the way that you walk, about the, you, you can't sing on tune, whatever it is, whatever you're insecure secure about, I want you to understand God created you with a plan and a purpose. Verse 13 through 15, for you form my inward parts, you being God. You, God, knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. God created you, formed you, made you the way that you are. I hope that you begin to learn that now because I did not learn this truth till I was about 21 years old. I had been in the church. I believed that God loved me at that point and I had given my life to Christ and I was a follower of Christ. But God had called me for a couple of years to be a youth pastor. But I was like, ain't no way. Have you heard the way I talk, God? I'm, I'm broken. And God pounded on me for two years and I, and I ran as far as I could. And then one day I was reading Exodus chapter 4, and God is speaking to Moses. And Moses says, God, I'm, I'm slow of, of mouth and tongue. And we don't, some say he stuttered. I don't, I don't buy it. I think he just didn't talk well, like a lot of us. I include some of y'all in that, sorry. And, and God said, did I not make man deaf, dumb, or blind? Am I not God? Did I not make him the way that I did? do what I said. He was still scared to do it. At that point, I was like, and it says that the anger of God burned against Moses. As a 21-year-old, I thought, this world is too mean for me to have the anger of God burning against me too. Honest to God, that's what I thought. I said, okay, you're smoking crack, God. That's what I thought. He's not. But I'll, I'll do it. This makes no sense at all. And I am not an eloquent speaker. I am, um, I am a man who is broken in the way that I talk, which has given me avenues to speak to people that I would never have had the chance to if I just talked like a normal guy. God's used it because without it, I'm a jerk. I am full of myself, and I think I'm all that in a bag of chips. But when I can't even say my name, bring, it brings me back down to earth really quick. And I am so glad that God has allowed me to have this chain if that's what it takes for me to walk with him. 
So why don't you start to look at these things the way that you're made, not as the worst thing ever, but maybe it's something to keep your pride down. Maybe it's something that God uses to tether you close to him because that's the best place to be. This world is mean, people. But I want you to understand this truth. Man, God created you with a plan and a purpose. You might even go, man, I don't know if there's anybody in my home that really loves me a whole lot. Can I tell you this? God loves you and created you with a plan and a purpose. You have a great purpose and a great plan to give him honor and glory. Understand that. I'd love to talk to you more about it. You've got a purpose. Look at this verse 17. It says, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I could count them, if I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am with you. God didn't only create you with a plan and a purpose. God thinks about you constantly. Constantly. That blows my mind. How many grains of sand are in a teaspoon? A lot. Very good answer. Your choices are 623, 5,323, 10,700, or 25,623. So 1,2,3,4,5. Teaspoon, 14,800 grains of sand are in a teaspoon, and God thinks of you that much. Do you think about anybody a lot? Yeah, yeah, th- thanks, babe. That me, right? Or your twin sister? It's a tie. It's pretty close. Okay. Anyway, I- I'm okay with that. Uh, it's okay, I guess. I don't have a choice. I've been married too long now. Um, uh, so... You know, I thought back to way back when I was probably 16. I didn't meet my wife till I was probably 21, 16, and there's this girl that I, that I liked uh, who sort of liked me, and we would, uh, we would get on the phone and talk for hours about the stupidest, non-important things. Some of you do this. You're like, are you breathing? Yeah. <laughs> and and you do some of these things where it's like okay. I love the way you breathe. You know, and it's just some of the cheesiest, but you think about this person and you, you know, I thought about, you know, and so you're a psycho. <laughs> yeah, I was. I I'll admit it. And as teenagers, some of those were the best times. Doing nothing. Yeah, you still there? Yeah. Okay. It's what what time? We've been on the phone for three hours, eighteen minutes, forty-seven seconds. I know. You know, it just doesn't make it any sense. I, I want you to know this. Um, always, when you're awake, when you're asleep, when you're having a good day, when you're having a bad day, he is always thinking about you. It doesn't. It, nothing in this world compares to how much someone thinks about somebody else. God is always, that's, that's, that's good news. Man, he loves me. God 
loves me and he's always thinking about me. That's, that's bad news. That's it. He, he, he is always thinking about me. He always sees me. Even when that's those times no one else does. When I choose the world and I don't choose him, that's a little bit scary when you start to think about that. He's always thinking about you. Next time you go to the beach, scoop up a handful of, of sand. And in that handful of sand will be approximately 7,100 grains of sand. 710,000, a little less than a million in, in your hand. And God loves you and thinks about you so much more than that. Just take, take a minute to stop and look at that and go, man, where's your self-worth found? These things of the world, you're going to go keep going up and down and just be a wreck. Stop it. Matthew, we're going to jump to a different text. I want you to see this because uh, I think it's just an important truth. Matthew chapter 6. Uh, and begin verse 25. You can turn there. If not, we've got the, we've, we've got the words on the screen here. And this is what, this is what God doesn't only, doesn't only create you with a plan and a purpose. He doesn't only think about you constantly, but he provides for you daily. As he thinks about you, he's not just going to watch and go, oh, he's crashing again. They're doing this again. He's providing for you all the time. This is what it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the, bo- the body more than clo- cl- 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 clothing? We, we ought to sort of even just take that line in itself and go, man, in life more than the food we eat or the clothes we put on our back or that, that shirt I've got to have or my life won't be complete or this meal, if I don't get this meal, I'm going to be in a bad mood all day. That, that's me. I'm just a jerk. So it's life's more than that. It says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor get, gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than there? If he takes care of the birds of the air, and if he goes on to talk about the lilies of the field and how they're adorned in splendor, God takes care of those. How much more are you of value to him? And he, he wove you. In your mother's womb, he thinks about you constantly, and he's going to provide for you daily. You know, when I um, when I went off to a, not went off to school, I was I was about to go to to college, and I had a great uncle of mine, Uncle Clarence, that never married, and uh, my parents' philosophy was. Well, I'll explain that this in a second. He came to my mom and dad, and he saved money, didn't have kids. Uh, and he, uh, he came to them, and I was there, and he said, Hey, I just want you to let you know, I've, I've been thinking about this for a long time, and I want to pay for your son's college education. Hmm. That's pretty good, isn't it? I was there. I heard him say it. I was a part of the conversation. So I was like just ears, but I was there. And my, fa- my father says to him, well, we appreciate that, but he doesn't want it. <laughs> Come on, say what? Right? He doesn't want it. He's, he's going to pay for college himself. But thank you, though, for the offer. That's really kind of you. <sighs> Dear Lord, crazy? 
And so I did. I did. I ended up having to pay for college myself. I was going to college for a couple of years. I took about a year off uh, in that time when I, t- I told you all God was calling me to, to, to preach and to teach, and, and I was running. And so I just took a year off from school, uh, partly because of the cost of school. I had a friend's dad that came to me and said, um, we, he, he got lunch. His name is Dan, Danny Tanton. A man that rarely I get to see him nowadays, but man, I just I still love him to this day. He met with me for lunch. He knew that I was going through some rough times, and he was pretty well off. He owns quite quite a few loops, like some of these loops chains. He owns quite a few of them and does some more things. And he said, "Hey, I just want to let you know, because uh, I was about to go off to school and go to college." And he said, "Hey, if if you ever get behind or if you ever need help, call me and I'll take care of your school your schooling." If you need it, because uh, I don't want you, I, I want you to make to make to, to make it through. And I never had to call him, but to know that there was somebody there that had my back, dude, that was one of the best feelings ever. I never even had the temptation to call him for help. I was I was encouraged that I was going to make it. Nothing was going. I could make it. I there were there were so if things went really wrong. I was going to make it. And I want you to understand that God has your back. No matter how things fall together, no matter how bad it may look, He provides for us daily. If He takes care of the birds of the air, how much more is He taking care of you? Can we focus on that self-worth in God? So He creates you with a plan and a purpose. He thinks about you constantly. He provides for you daily. And the last part, he remembers you always. Isaiah chapter 49, turn, turn, turn there. Isaiah chapter 49 in the Old Testament. If not, just look at the screen, beginning of verse 14. This is what it says. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child? and that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb, even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you in the palms of my hands. I just want you all to understand that no matter what, no matter how alone you feel, no matter how you've gone out this far away, God is never going to forget you. He says a mother who is nursing her child can forget about her child well before I'm ever going to forget about you. Well before, and if you know the love of a mother and her, her child is a pretty fierce thing. You mess with one of my wife's kids, she'll come after you, like with things and stuff. But God, He says, and look what He says. He says, "I carved you, I engraved you in the palm of my hand." What a what a picture of the crucifixion on the cross when He's nailed to this cross, and nails are put in His hands and His feet, and as He pays the, the sacrifice of sin, the sin debt on the cross to pay for your sins and for mine because we can't do it on our own. And he lived a life without sin, so he could pay it. He says, I engraved you on the palm of my hand. I will never forget you. Self-worth. If your self-worth is, is here, your self-esteem is going to be here. If your, if your self-worth is here, your self-esteem is not going to float way up there. It's going to float right around where your self-worth is. And if you're putting your self-worth in things of this world, it's going to 
float back and forth, but in the end, it's going to end here. If we put our self-worth in God, and we, as we, he says, hey, hey, just stay in front of me. Just keep your eyes on me. You're going to try, the world's going to make you try to drift, but as you do, just get back in line. Focus on me. Get in your word. Seek after me. Follow me. If you do that, your life is going to be so sweet, and that sweetness is going to affect those around you. And that's our goal. Man, I want to make an impact. How does this affect purity and dating? Why would you start with this? Because your worth is not found in a girl or in a guy, any girl or any guy that you find. No matter how great they are, your worth can't be found in that. Because if you place your that's where my worth is, that it's going to take you places God says, do not go. Man, let's let our worth be in Christ. When he is our standard, it will change and transform the way that we act and the way that we live. Next week, we're going to talk about the, the topic of don't settle. Don't settle. What am I supposed to look for in this thing called life, in this thing called marriage and and him or her, what does God really want me to look for? Now, is a 12-year-old, 13-year-old, 14-year-old, you can plan ahead for this stuff, but I don't want you to look. Don't, just just live. Man, just have friends right now. Dude, your life will be so much better and drama-free if you just have friends right now. Dear Lord, y'all understand what I'm talking about. Y'all are some crazy people. Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you so much for your truth. And God, we want our self-worth to be found in you. And Lord, may we, 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 we fight to keep our eyes fixed on you. Uh, when the world mo- mo- mocks us, may we continue to look to you. May we grab our friends around us and draw them near you. And our, our friends here in the youth group, Lord, may we just remind them, hey, keep your eyes fixed on Christ. Hey, you're start, starting to drift. May we be bold. May we be bold in love to speak to those around us. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.